0: Amen. It's so good to be with you this morning here in the building and at home as well. Uh, We're so, you know, we can gather together at the same time. We might not be able to gather in the same place, but we can join together with one heart to glorify God and to see him lifted up in our world. Amen. Well, you can take your seats here and at home as well. Take, Take a seat, get a cuppa, and it's really my privilege and my honor this morning to bring the word to you. Why don't we thank our awesome worship team. I just love what Simon said. You know, it takes like 100 people to make church happen on a Sunday. And we're so grateful for all the incredible volunteers, the people behind the scenes, our ushers, our ops people, our people who make sure the building's nice and clean and COVID-free and everything else in between. And it's, we, you know, that happens through the generosity of our church. So I want to encourage you, if you're not serving, why not join in? Because there's no greater way to contribute to the life of our church. But here we are, January 2021, and you know, as we're starting out a new year, three weeks into the new year, uh, it's great to look forward with expectation to what's ahead, but also reflect on what was behind in 2020. And for many, 2020 might have been a year to forget, but I believe that God can do important things in hard situations. Amen? And, you know, I think the the thing that was unique about 2020 was that we all shared this experience of challenge, of trial. Everyone was affected in some way or another by what happened in 2020. So as you start out this year, I want to ask you a question. How did you respond to the challenges and trials you faced last year? Looking back on it, do you think, oh, I did pretty well? Or do you think... Maybe 2020 knocked you back a bit. How did you respond to the challenges you faced? Did you move forwards or did you get knocked back? The thing is that whilst we all experienced trial and challenge in in 2020, trial and challenge isn't unique just to one year. Just because we flipped over the calendar, it doesn't mean the trials and challenges stop. People still lose jobs. People still get sick. Relatives pass away. These things aren't unique to 2020, they just seem to happen a lot last year. So the question is, you know, we'd love to go through life and and think that, hey, we'd have no trials and no challenges. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, we just cruise through life, it's beautiful, but unfortunately, well, and fortunately, that's called heaven. You know, when we get to heaven, there's no trial, there's no, the Bible says there's no tears, there's no sickness, there's no heartache, that's heaven. And so we're not there yet. And we can't, we'd love to eliminate all our challenges and trials in life. We'd love to have an easy life. But that's not what happens here on earth. So we can't get rid of those challenges. But I believe that we can establish things in our lives and, and live in such a way that no matter what challenge we come across, we can still come out the other side standing strong. That's the life that I want to live that no matter what I face, that I can still stand strong in my faith, that I can still come out the other side glorifying God and lifting Him up and being a witness to everyone around me. So we can't remove those challenges, but what can we put in our lives to keep standing? I believe that if we build our life on the foundation of Jesus, then no matter what life throws at you, you can remain standing. That's the truth that I want to live my life on. And I think Jesus explains this so beautifully in in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29. It says it in the message version. He says, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter, Who built his house on solid rock? Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religion teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. You know, a classic story from Jesus, a parable that you may have heard before. And as I reflect on this, you know, the question is what caused the house to fall? Was it the storm? I don't believe so. I believe it was the fact that it had a poor foundation. Storms will come. Waves will crash against our life. But the question is, what's your foundation made of? What foundations are you going to build into your life this year? As we start this new year, what are you going to build into your life that is going to be foundational so that you can remain standing and remain strong for this year ahead? Traditionally, we start out a new year with resolutions. Everyone might have some goals and some resolutions and some dreams they have. Maybe three weeks into this year, some of those resolutions might have fallen by the wayside already, but we can have dreams and goals, and there's nothing wrong with having resolutions. There's nothing wrong with looking forward and believing that I want to grow this year. I I want to move forward in my life. And I want to encourage us, we need to have resolutions, we need to have goals and dreams in our lives, but maybe this year, don't just set resolutions, build some foundations. Build some new foundations so that we can remain strong and remain standing no matter what comes against us. Remember, if you build your life on the foundation of Jesus, then no matter what life throws at you, you can remain standing. Some things I, I know about foundations, I'm certainly no building expert. But it doesn't matter the surroundings when you know how to build a good foundation. Just uh, just over a year ago now, we did this thing, I, I did this thing, and you might have heard of it back in the old days, it was called travel. <laughs> we went on this thing, a steel tube called a plane, we went overseas. It was a great experience. I got to go with Jeff Welsh, and we went to visit uh, our work in India, our missions work there, but we stopped by, we had a stop by in Dubai on the way, and we went to visit the Burj Khalifa, the tallest tower on earth. And this thing is huge. It dwarfs anything we've got in Sydney. But when you think about it, the tallest building on earth is built in the middle of the desert. It's surrounded by sand, and yet because they know how to build the right foundation, that tower can stand strong and can be the tallest tower on earth. So it doesn't matter what your surroundings are if you know how to build a good foundation. You may think, oh my, you know, I've got, you don't know my past. You don't know where I've come from. You don't know the relationships in my life. You know, I'm, I'm trying my best to live up to God's standard. You know, you don't know that my career its a mess at the moment. How can I move forward? Those things aren't foundational in our lives. And so it doesn't matter what surrounds us. You know, our past isn't our foundation. Our relationships aren't our foundation. Our career isn't our foundation. Jesus is our foundation. So how do we build our lives on the foundation of Jesus? Well, Jesus spelled it out and made it clear in this passage. He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hear these words and put them into practice. And then John 1.1 1, 1 says this, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. So Jesus said to to hear these words, to, in a sense, know these words and put them into practice. And if John 1, 1 says the Word was God, the Word was Jesus, then to me it boils down to this. To build the foundation in our lives, we need to know Jesus in a greater and greater way. Just before this parable in Matthew 7, Jesus says this in in verse 22, "On Judgment Day, many will say to me, "Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Do you know Him? Do you truly know Jesus? In the Passion Translation, it says, I have never been joined to you. Have you joined your life to Jesus? In the, me- uh, sorry, in the message version of that passage of the, the man who built his house on the rock, it says, it was fixed to the rock. I want to be joined to Jesus. I want to be fixed to him. Do you truly know him? I think this is the greatest thing we can do in our lives is to know Jesus, to know the fullness of Him. Hebrews uh, 8, verse 6 to 13, it says, "'This new plan I'm making with Israel "'isn't going to be written on paper, "'isn't going to be chiseled in stone. "'This time I'm writing out the plan in them, "'carving it on the lining of their hearts. "'I'll be their God, they'll be my people.'" They won't go to school to learn about me or buy a book called God in five easy lessons. They'll all get to know me firsthand, the little and the big, the small and the great. Do you know Jesus? Truly know him? I love what it says there. You know, it's not just getting to know God in school, God in five easy lessons or You know, you've seen those books, God for Dummies. It's not just about knowing about him, but it's truly knowing him. If you build your life on the foundation of knowing Jesus, then no matter what life throws at you, you can remain standing. So we do this by knowing Jesus. Now, do you know I, I know Ricky Ponting. Ricky Ponting, the Australian, former Australian cricket captain... You know, I know Ricky, he was, he was born in Tasmania, he's 46 years old, he played 168 tests for Australia, he scored over 13,000 test runs, the greatest run scorer ever for Australia. Do you know, he's, he's married to Rihanna, he's got three kids, he's got his own wine label called Ponting Wines. He supports Hawthorne Football Club, he likes racing greyhounds. I know Ricky Ponting. I've never met the guy, but I know him. You know, I think we can get caught up knowing about Jesus rather than actually truly knowing him. Bob Goff, in his book, Love Does, which was our theme for this last year, he says this, I used to think I could learn about Jesus by studying him, but now I know Jesus doesn't want stalkers. I don't want to be someone who just stalks Jesus, who follows him on Instagram and, and knows you know, all his Facebook posts. I want to truly know Jesus. See, I know about Ricky Ponting, but I truly know Belinda Varlow. She was born in Christchurch, New Zealand. I won't tell you her age, because that could get me in trouble. She's been a Christian since she was 15. She went to Mamre Christian College. She's got three incredible kids. She got married to some random guy in 2003. She's addicted to chocolate. She loves to bake. When she gets hooked on a TV show, she watches it all the time, like all the time. And, but you know, she will encourage you and build you up. She cares so deeply for people, always willing to help and bless and go the extra mile for people. She's such a strength to her family. That's stuff you can't read on a Facebook profile. I know Belinda Varlo, and I'll stop there because I'll get myself in trouble. See, I can know about Ricky Ponning, but I truly know Belinda Varlow. Bob Goff goes on to say in his book, wouldn't it be a horrible thing if we studied the ones we love instead of bonding in deeper ways by doing things with them? I'd never want to get married to a girl no matter how much I studied her. I don't think knowing her name in Greek is going to help me love her more. In fact, they have a name for guys who study things about a person they like but don't do anything about it. They're called bachelors. See, it's great to know about Jesus, but I want to know him for myself, intimately, personally. Do you know Jesus? So how can we know him? Just three quick things, and there's a whole range of ways I think we could know Jesus. He's so multifaceted. He's incredible. He's amazing. But I just think there's three things that we can put into our lives that can help us to know Jesus more truly and intimately. Firstly, I think we need to know his heart. What's important to him? What does he say? What does he value? You know, I want to read his word, not to to just know about him, but what's important to him, to know his heart, to know what he values. Approach his word, not like it's just some book, but like he is speaking directly to you, because he is. Listen to what he says. You know, I love that I get to be married to this amazing woman, to Belinda. And when I spend time with her, when we go on a date, you know, I want to listen to her. I want to hear what she values, what excites her, what saddens her what's important to her, what she values, what she cares about. You know, I listen to her. I ask her to tell me if I can help her more, what things I do that I can help her with, and also what things I do that maybe annoy her a bit. And that's vulnerable of myself, but maybe what if you were to approach Jesus in the same way? When you read his word, when you spend time with him to ask him, hey, God, what do you love me to do? What do you want me to do with my life? Or maybe what things am I doing in my life which maybe I need to do a little bit less of? Know his heart. What does he care about? What does he value? 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live in God's way. How do we know his heart? Get to know his word what he values, what he cares about. You read through it, you can, you can see and get a picture of God's heart and the things that are so important to him. And I think it's all about how we approach it. You know, if we approach it thinking, oh, I don't know, God could you know, point out all these things to me, or you could think, man, I'm getting to know Jesus. I'm getting to know his heart. I'm not just knowing about him, but I'm getting to know him. You don't get to know someone by just reading about them, but rather by doing things with them, by hearing their heart. And I think we do that through reading reading the word, by worshipping, by spending time in his presence, and we catch the heart of God. Remember, if you build your life on the foundation of Jesus, then no matter what life throws at you, you can remain standing. Build your life on a new foundation this year by knowing his heart. Secondly, I think we can't just know his heart, but we need to know his voice, to hear what he has to say, to spend time in prayer. Do you know his voice? You know, when someone calls out to you who you're familiar with, you, you know, oh, that's, that's so-and-so, that's Jeff, that's Dave Rotniak. That's someone, I know that voice. So when someone calls you randomly and it comes up with some random number and and then you pick up, oh, I know that person because you're familiar with their voice. Do you know God's voice? You see, prayer is not just a one-way conversation where we come and we share our grocery list with God. It's a two-way conversation with Him, sharing our heart with Him and allowing Him to share His heart with us so that we grow familiar with his voice. What does he sound like? You know, I remember um, nearly 20 years ago now, my dad had a pretty severe accident, and he was literally on death's door. The doctors came and, and told us to say goodbye, and he was in a coma for a month, and it was a pretty devastating situation. And at that time, Belinda and I, we weren't dating yet, but we were just good friends, She was what I I would say, she was my best friend at the time. And she was actually in Indonesia on a missions trip, and she heard about that my dad had had this severe accident. And at some point in the the few days after, uh, she actually called me. And I was just so happy to hear her voice, to hear the voice of my friend. And even though she was many miles away, just to hear her voice, to know her voice, it just comforted me. Do you know the voice of Jesus? That in the midst of trial and circumstance, that when he speaks, it brings comfort, it brings peace, it lifts you up, it encourages you. Know his voice. John 10 verse 27 in the Amplified Version says, The sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. Do you know his voice? Do you know when he's speaking to you when he's sharing his heart with you, when he's whispering those deep secrets into your life. You know, I love it. Prayer is not only an opportunity for us to know his voice, but he wants to know us also. He says in John 27, I, I know them. He knows us. He wants to know us. Isn't that incredible that the God of the universe wants to know us? So spend time in prayer. Do you know his voice? If you build your life on the foundation of knowing Jesus, then no matter what life throws at you, you can remain standing. So build your life on a new foundation this year. Know his heart. Know his voice. And thirdly, know his majesty. Who or what do you worship? See, Jesus isn't just some other guy He's the Son of God, and I want to know His majesty. I want to glorify Him with my whole life. Recently, I've been reading through the book of Jeremiah, and God is just so fed up with the Israelites, and you read through it chapter after chapter. He's just like, guys, you're killing me here because they were, they were worshipping worthless gods and idols. They were get, getting distracted from, from glorifying God. How many worthless idols do I worship in my life? In Jeremiah 10, verse 14 to 16, it says, "'The whole human race is foolish and has no knowledge. "'The craftsmen are disgraced by the idols they make, "'for their carefully shaped works are a fraud. "'These idols have no breath or power. "'Idols are worthless. "'They are ridiculous lies. "'On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. "'But the God of Israel is no idol.'" He is the creator of everything that exists, including Israel, his own special possession. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. What idols do I worship? Yes, I want to glorify Jesus, but maybe at times I can get caught up in materialism. I can get caught up in in my status. I can get caught up in myself. I can get caught up worshipping ideas rather than worshipping Jesus. And these things that I can carefully craft in my life because they're so important to me, I can worship them and glorify them above God. But I want to worship Jesus. I want to know His majesty because He is majestic. He is the King of kings as we were singing before. He is the Lord of lords. You know, you've heard the saying, the grass is greener where you water it. And I think if we spend time and we stop worshipping Jesus, it's like... We get distracted by other things, and we think, oh, look, the grass is greener over there. But it's greener where we water it. You know, I think I chose Belinda Phillips over every other woman. She's the one I chose to marry, to spend my life with. And I don't want my love with her to grow stale. I don't want to just grow familiar with her and let my love go tired. I treasure her. And so I'm responsible for stoking the fire in my marriage, for building her up, for encouraging her. And when I do that, I just love her more and more. When I just tell her how much I love her, how much I appreciate all that she does for us, that just makes me love her more and more. And I think likewise the same thing can happen in our relationship with Jesus, is if we we can just let things grow stale over time, we can just get tired and, and get caught up in life and forget to glorify Jesus. And when we do glorify Him, when we lift Him up, when we praise Him, when we worship Him, I think we just love Him more and more. We know His majesty. We know how amazing He is that He created the heavens and the earth. God is majestic. Jesus is incredible. And so if we're to build our foundation on Jesus and His words, then we must value them. We must esteem them above all else. We must esteem Him above all else. I love what Peter says. He Jesus, you know, all these people had left him and and Jesus said to the disciples, well, are you going too? And Peter said, only you have the words of life. He knew the majesty of Jesus. Do you know his majesty? Don't let yourself become familiar with him. Know his majesty. Know how wonderful and amazing he is. If you build your foundation on the Your life on the foundation of knowing Jesus, then no matter what life throws at you, you can remain standing. So let's build our life on a new foundation this year. Know His heart, know His voice, and know His majesty. You know, I think if you're going to build a foundation, it has to be deliberate, it has to be planned. You know, you don't, when People build houses. Some random guys don't just come out and throw some concrete on the ground and they're like, hey, there's a good foundation. No, it's planned, it's it's marked out, it's they dig a hole, they they dig down deep. It's done on purpose. And I think if we're gonna build our foundation on Jesus, we have to do it on purpose. Prioritize it, schedule it in. You know, if you don't prioritize it, it's not gonna happen. We can think this year, oh yeah, I'm 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 gonna build my life on Jesus, and then we get caught up in work, in different challenges, different trials, and then we get somewhere down the path and we think, Oh, what happened? Because we didn't plan it. And we think, oh, that takes the romance out of it. You know, if you don't schedule romance, it never happens. It just falls to the wayside. So what are you gonna read this year to know his heart? When are you gonna pray? To know his voice? How often will you worship to know his majesty? How do we prepare for the challenges that come ahead in life? And look, I pray that we have no challenges, that we have trials, but it's a fact of life. Suffering happens, life happens, trials come, challenges arise. How do we prepare for those? Well, if we build our life on the foundation of knowing Jesus then no matter what life throws at you, you can remain standing. So I'm going to pray. And can I ask in the building here, why don't we stand? I want to pray over us. And we're going to worship God just for a moment. And at home, join us. Stand with us. Let's worship together and let's just take a moment to draw nearer to Jesus. The Bible says this, if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. If you choose to know Jesus, He is just waiting with open arms to know you. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you want to know us. Lord, that your desire is to draw near to each and every one of us. And as we worship you right now, as we determine in our hearts to draw near to you, would you come and embrace each and every one of us? Lord, at home, here in the building, Lord, wrap your arms around us. Let your Holy Spirit fill us and draw close to us. We want to know you, Jesus, in your wonderful name. Amen.